next on Reboot Your Life. Coming up on Reboot Your Life, a licensed psychologist in New York State with 35 years clinical experience is providing free educational and advisory services on internet addiction and predators. We'll follow with a doctor with special abilities to help reduce anxiety and stress in order to raise your immune system. It's next. From Riverside Recovery, it's Reboot Your Life. Experience the ultimate reboot of your journey. Start anew and rediscover you. Transform your story. Rewrite your life. It's Reboot Your Life with Carrie Harrison and Ashley Neal. Carrie Harrison with you, along with Riverside Recovery's Ashley Neal, and welcome to Reboot Your Life. Thank you so much for listening. We are, of course, a new series of life upgrade shows with solutions and life hacks, evidence and science-based looks into addiction, psychology, personal growth, and self-esteem, and a smidge of woo-woo now and then. Why not? Because there are lots of different kinds of us with different belief systems and different ways to understand and get better. Reboot Your Life is devoted to you and you becoming the best version of yourself. Yes, and there is a new field of psychology that deals with the online world in which we all live. Dr. Michael Nucitelli is a licensed psychologist in New York State with 35 years clinical experience. He currently provides free educational and advisory services on internet addiction and predators to both the private and public sectors. He is considered to be among the first of its kind. Dr. Nucitelli runs a New York City based group psychology practice. He specializes in mental illness, mental health, parenting, health, wellness, and addictions. Sounds like my kind of guy. Moreover, Dr. Nucitelli specializes in internet safety and explores the dangers of the online world, internet gambling, dating app seductions, and cyber psychology. I want to welcome you, Dr. Nucitelli, to Reboot Your Life. Oh, good day, and thank you for having me on, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. That was very succinct. Thank you. And let's just dive right on into it together. Yes, of uh, course. Many people who are dealing with uh, addictions or behavior that they want to change, want to get a life upgrade, want to reboot, um, are stuck on the internet in ways that nobody ever would have imagined. We've all met books, people who read books a lot. You know, they love to read books, but it doesn't really interfere with them being able to go to work or go on a date or forget to eat. Um, but, you know, Facebook has raised a whole generation where the parents don't exist. And there is no editor in chief of Facebook. There's no editor in chief of the internet, which means whatever's on there, especially if it looks like the New York Times or is, has nice fonts to it, it's true. So people are seduced in ways they don't even know. Exactly. Well, it's a great introduction to what we're going to be talking about today, whether we go into iPredator or a little bit about internet addiction. But when we talk about addiction, uh, compulsive dependency, addiction, however you want to uh, uh, term it. But really, when we're talking about internet addiction, we're talking about online users that become compulsive dependent. And that can be anything ranging from online gaming to online pornography to shopping to what is growing uh, really quickly is is online gambling. So, you know, there are two sides and two camps. There are those that do not believe there is such a thing as Internet addiction. And then there are those of us such as myself that do believe it's an actual uh, it's an actual disorder. And uh, this has been going on. Uh, you know, there are some that said that, you know, COVID and that fact that for those two years, those couple of years, that we were all huddled inside of our, our homes, pissed off and, and wanting to go back into society, but we couldn't. Uh, but to me, Internet, the compulsive use uh, of the Internet has been going on, goodness, I would say until, you know, starting around 2015, 2017, and it's just growing now. Dr. Mike, Dr. Michael Nucitelli, we all remember, uh, we, we, that is, if we're over the age of 30, <laughs> all remember there used to be something called a television set, which is this giant box in the middle of the room that had tubes in the back. Now it's flat panel. It's not really called a TV. It's, it's a screen of some yes. sort. But the television set, and there were disturbed government officials, hand-wringing, congressmen, hand-wringing that Americans are watching eight hours a day of this idiot 
box or idiot tube or whatever it was called back then. And it was a horrifying thing. And it was going to idiotize us into drooling knuckle walkers, hispidulites, growing hair in our palms, um, bent over as these osteoporotic, uh, you know, boot licking nitwits. And so flash forward with Al Gore's alleged invention called the internet and now apps on every phone that answer and resolve every issue may ever have or they make you think so um i for one and you dr nucitelli and people you know i have ghost phantom rings in my pocket i feel my phone vibrating and ringing and it is not that is how connected i am to my device mm -hmm. and you and hundreds of thousands of other people and that's just growing uh, I purposely, I have a mobile device, uh, but I keep it in my book bag. Um, the only time I use my mobile device purposely is uh, if there's patient emergencies. By day, I work with the chronically mentally ill. Other than that, the only other time I'll use that if I'm sitting in the doctor's office or the dentist's office and I'm waiting, you know, to see the doctor, I will scroll through. Other than that, I purposely, purposely do not use it only because I know of the addictive potential of the device. But even without the mobile device, we're, we're looking at internet addiction as it relates to being online. And not to get into the, the, the esoterics uh, of my theory of I predator, but one of the things that, that I want to talk about today is called ODOR, which is the acronym O-D-D-O-R. And that is offline distress dictates online response. And what I believe is whatever my offline psychological, my state of mind, However, that's going offline, whether I'm mad, whether I'm happy, whether I'm, you know, under the, the influence of a mood mind altering substance, whatever my offline psychology is, I believe directly impacts what I do online. Now, when it comes to being online, there are only three ways presently that we can manage and manipulate information. We can compile information we can disseminate information and we can exchange information. That is the triad. And within that triad, what we're learning is that people can become incredibly compulsive dependent. As I said a little bit earlier, whether it's online gaming, whether it is becoming a shopaholic and spending all their time on Amazon, whether it be social media or whether it is what I, you know, what is called infobesity, which are people that just go online and they will scroll through Google and they will scroll just to pass the time away. I, I'm sorry. I like that. I just, I have to give you a nod. Infobesity. Yes. So it is glut. It's information gluttony to the point <laughs> of, corp, you know, bloated corpulence. Well, so, but the, in, the, the internet addiction is, is the dependency you briefly mentioned is not just the device but it's also to the internet. Now, one of the, the funny terms that have been out, certainly I didn't coin it, it's called nomophobia. It is a real term. And after working on the weekend since 2010, I have volunteered helping folks who have been cyber attacked, who have dealt with a variety of different uh, issues from being online. What nomophobia is, is an individual who experiences anxiety, or a full-blown panic attack because they have misplaced, can't find their mobile device, or they can't find a hotspot, nomophobia. So that just speaks to how enveloped, how dependent people are on their cell phone, nomophobia. And it's real. A couple of years back, I, I not to you know uh, give out any names, I certainly, because everything's confidential, but I helped a woman who was suffering a panic attack because she could not find her iPhone. It turned out by the grace of God, she found it was in her garage behind the front wheel rail of her tire is how she found it. But in that interim, she really was having a panic attack. And I had to do my best to try to calm her down. But because she couldn't find her device. I would think that the uh, shareholders of the Apple Corporation and those who hold stock are thrilled at this moment of listening right now. Uh, people are just a, a, a Twitter, so to speak. They're just a fizz with the possibilities of their investment continuing to exponentially expand as this does not seem to be going away. It only seems to be getting worse. Let me reintroduce you for just a second. We're talking to Dr. 
Michael Nucitelli, a licensed psychologist in New York State. He's founder of uh, iPredator Incorporated that provides free educational and advisory services on Internet predators, cybercrime, cybercriminal psychology, and also is a real expert in breaking down the stuff that affects you and me as we look to reboot our life and understand how we interface with simple things like technology as well. It could be just as addictive as alcohol or cigarettes or heroin or anything else, as we know now that many of these smart devices are written purposely, uh, like Facebook, to keep changing colors, tones, swiping up and down, all of that, releasing endorphins out of the brain, having sort of the same response as if you're smoking a joint, you know, but you're being highly entertained. Same effect. You can't leave your phone. And if one is good, 20 hours are better. Exactly. So the, the, the way that we talk about any addiction, whether it's a behavioral addiction, whether it's a chemical addiction, uh, obviously internet addiction would be a behavioral addiction. The, the one way to know if you, your loved one, uh, you know, are internet addicted, internet dependent, internet abusive, it, it's very, it's two, it's one word, or two words, negative consequences. So if you suffer negative consequences from your online usage, uh, and it happens repeatedly, three or more, you have to begin to take a look at your online usage. And it's, it's you know, we could certainly, I wish I could, you know, psychologize it, but it really is two words, negative consequences. Negative consequences, uh, matter of fact, I just got done when, you know, the reason why, I, I, you know, I, I couldn't do, you know, the interview, I just got done doing a harm reduction group. Harm reduction is a philosophy and concept that approaches alcohol and drug use and abuse and addiction. And it doesn't, it's not the no, just say no philosophy. If you yeah. want to be sober and if you want to refrain from drinking and drugging, so be it. But if you are an alcohol or drug user, harm reduction doesn't tell you no, you're being a bad boy. What it teaches is how do you reduce the negative consequences from your usage? And harm reduction applies to you know all types of alcohol and drug usage certainly to internet usage so it is teaching people not only for ourselves but for others how do you reduce the negative consequences from going and playing you know warcraft for 24 to 36 hours straight how are you able to go online whether it be social media facebook how do you go online and still be able to function as a father as a worker so forth and so on Dr. Nucitelli, this is Ashley Neal. It seems like the elephant in the middle of the room really is also the world of dating apps. We see so many people that have real issues with staying off of them or even being okay with them. Online dating offers yet another level of seduction, doesn't it? Oh, most certainly. And it's all rooted everywhere. We're talking about chat, everything we're talking about today. Again, with information, you can share, you can exchange, you can generate, you can disseminate information. But for all of us, when I mentioned before about odor, offline distress dictates an online response. The more discouraged we are, the more depressed, the more despondent, the more angry, the more we are experiencing negative affect, negative emotions, or let's say we're manic, which is almost the opposite, not to say that it's healthy, is that we begin to fantasize. And when I say fantasize, I'm not talking about sexual fantasy, although when we're moving into the dating and interpersonal relationships, uh, sexuality comes to play, but we all fantasize. Carl Jung, who is one of the, the fathers of modern uh, psychodynamics, believed from, which I believe too, from the moment we are born to the moment we die, we are engaged in a state of dissociation. Now, when we talk about dissociation from a psychological standpoint, we often think it's psychotic, but it's not. Uh, from the moment I wake up, from the moment you wake up, you begin to think about your day, what you're going to be doing. Um, you think about task completion. You think about all about, you think about your wife. So we're constantly, our mind is everywhere other than true reality. The only time we experience true reality is if I put a gun to your head and you are now experiencing true fear, that is when we feel true reality. Outside of that, we are always in a world of fantasy, okay? Now, Alfred Adler, who was a contemporary, a little bit older than Carl Jung, Alfred Adler, where I got my doctorate degree, God bless uh, Adler University, what Adler believed is that 
everything we do, we come into this world and we live our life to be accepted, to be part of, and to be validated. We are such social creatures. We are pack animals. So whether you believe in a divine entity or you believe in Darwinian evolution, we all agree we're social creatures. And because we're social creatures, it is paramount for us to be validated and to be a part of. Well, as I mentioned earlier with odor, if I'm discouraged, if I'm despondent, if I'm not getting along with my loved ones, my coworkers, well, guess what? I can go online in online gaming environments or whatever the environment is, message boards, there's hundreds of them. I can now feel a sense being what? Being part of, because you know what? You love uh, automobiles. You love cheddar cheese, just like I do. And we feel that sense of camaraderie and what's happening for that brief moment, I'm feeling validated. Then more and more and more. Let's take it a step further, Dr. Nucitelli. Um, in the real world of some years ago, you had to be a real expert if you were going to appear in public somewhere. Now you can be online and be an expert at anything. And there is no sort of fact-checking mechanism. So if you can spin a good yarn and really be a, a, a hell of a salesman, you are now an expert. And then it can grow and grow. Hell, people start giving you money. Just start making donations. And there, there's a, a kind of a sub-system of piracy that goes on knowing how all of this works, how you and me as normal mammals are going to respond to this stuff, and they're taking advantage of it. Now you don't have to, in a pre-information age world, and again, we could do a whole show just on bullying and cyberbullying, but in the pre-information age world, okay, I'll just use my own personal, I was bullied back when I was a child, just like many of us, we, we were either bullies, we, we bully, we were bullies. So until I went through puberty, thank God, I was a late bloomer, I didn't go through puberty until I was 16 or 17, then I shot up to, to where I was over six foot tall, but prior to that, I was bullied. So when I was bullied and I had the crap beat out of me, guess what? I could leave the ball field, I could leave the school, and I could go home to my neighborhood, to my family where I could find sanctuary. But now with cyberbullying, there is no escape. Mm -hmm. So when I say today's children of the information age who are cyberbullied, they are literally targeted. They can be targeted 24-7, 365. There is literally no escape. Okay, so now when you take an environment, whether you're a child, whether you're an adult, we are now living in an environment where not only I can target you and bully you or troll you, but now the 15 other people that that picked out that comment that I said about you, now I can encourage others to target you as well by proxy. They don't even have to know where you, who you are. They don't have to live in their same town. They can be halfway across the on the other side of the world, and they can be participating in the same type of abuse. And what we're seeing is the more internet addicted I am, the more I'm discouraged or angry, the more I go along, the higher my, my probability is of not only being internet addicted, but becoming an eye predator. Dr. Nucitelli, this is Ashley again. You know, as a parent myself, I, I worry about the safety of the internet in general. Um, you know, with having a child, we know how many children are affected by internet addiction. I mean, adults are affected, I'm sure, as well. Um, but as a parent, it's really hard for me to control what my child is seeing when they are getting screen time with all of these crazy messaging apps that are available now. Can you talk about that a little bit? Part of the dark side of cyberspace is internet addiction. And part of the dark side of cyberspace is internet addiction. Part of the dark side of, of cyberspace is if I'm an online sexual predator, which is, you said, internet predator, that is yeah. one of the typologies, where better to go for me to find potential targets is online dating sites. So, you know, depending on if, I, if I'm a pedophile, I'm certainly not going to Match.com or eHarmony. I'm going to Snapchat. I'm going to, to those social media platforms that, 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 you know, that interest children. Obviously, I would spend every waking moment on what right now? Uh, TikTok. That's where I would be if I was looking to target children. 
But there are plenty of sexual predators, online sexual predators that go into Match.com, that go into, you know, eHarmony and all the hundreds of different types of, you know, social media platforms that are geared towards online dating. Uh, and if you're a podophile, then you probably go to feet.com. But that should be another show for another time. <laughs> Whatever your fetish or your pension is. <laughs> yeah. or but going back, you know, yeah. saying before is all I need, again, Adler had said, we are looking to be validated, we're looking to be part of it, and we're looking to be accepted. Whatever my fetish is, whatever my most deviant secrets are, you know what? If I find one other online user online, which I can find, obviously, Google and search engines, I now have camaraderie. I now have somebody that likes feet just like I do, that loves whatever my fetish, whatever my deviant proclivity is. I just need one person to agree and to say, you know what? I like that too. And once I have that purse, I feel validation and boom, that begins the trigger. That applies to everything that goes on in the psychology and the cyber psychology of being online. Definitely very interesting for me having a 13 year old who, you know, my husband and I have just literally been talking this morning about the, the tablet. We went on vacation and the tablet and the screen time was just out of control and the, you know, pulling away from everybody else in the room. And I mean, we were there with 27 other people and she just wanted to be on her tablet the whole time. This is fascinating. So let's end here because I'm loving this conversation, but we are up against the clock. So okay. we will have you back on because, boy, there's a lot to plumb there. Um, what can people do? We have people listening that are on driving on bridges in rush hour. We have people hearing this as podcasts that are going to be way younger. We have people way older uh, on terrestrial broadcasting. Uh, everyone is in the same pot. They're all on the Internet. They're all doing their thing. Everyone feels a bit creeped out half of the time what can they do to mitigate this oh, oh thank you well we don't have much time so but just i'm a simple man and i like to give simple recommendations so where i said uh you know two words for internet addiction negative consequences it's two words for reducing your risk of not of not being targeted personal information and when i do interviews i always say three times personal information personal information personal information the less personal information you share and disseminate online, the lower probability you have of being targeted. Now, for those that are public figures, they have to, you know, they have to release some personal information about themselves, but they certainly can truncate it. The less information you give about yourself, the better off you will be. Second to that is sexually themed content. So when we talk about personal information, if we want to really get down is, and I hate to say this because if God, if I was in my 20s, I'm sure I would be doing this in my teens, but thank God I'm not, is sexually themed content you never want to disclose, share online. And God bless those out there, the hopeless romantics, those that are married, engaged, and love. You do not want to put out sexually themed content because God forbid, if and when that relationship ends, please Google the term sextortion and revenge porn. Those are two things I would not wish on my worst enemies. So personal information, the less personal information you put out there, the safer you'll be. And I think as people seek recovery and seek to reboot their lives and learn some of these life hacks on how to just manage the common sense that many of us are not taught uh, from the crib all the way up to adulthood, but are finding out now here, there and everywhere. And thanks to shows like this, uh, we can better manage our lives and, and be uh, more have a better call it integrity with ourselves and others whom we may never meet but we have to interface with them anyway i want to thank you so much we've been talking to dr michael nucitelli he's a licensed psychologist in new york state he's founded iPredator incorporated to provide free educational and advisory services on internet predators and cyber crime and cyber criminal psychology to both the private and public se uh, sectors and following that initiative he launched a comprehensive website in 2012, and he offers visitors an extensive repository, that repository, much of which, or part of which anyway, has been disclosed here today for your benefit 
here on Reboot Your Life. I want to thank you, Dr. Michael Nucitelli, for joining us today. And thank you. Hang on. Your Reboot reboots in a moment. Did you know Riverside Recovery of Tampa embodies a holistic approach to addiction treatment? With a team of compassionate professionals dedicated to guiding individuals toward lasting recovery, Riverside Recovery provides a comprehensive range of evidence-based therapies, counseling, and support services. Riverside Recovery understands that every person's journey is unique. Their personalized treatment plans are crafted with care, addressing the individual needs, challenges, and aspirations of each resident. Whether someone is navigating the early stages of recovery or seeking ongoing support, Riverside Recovery stands as a steadfast partner on the path to wellness. At Riverside, recovery is not only possible, but also a transformative journey toward a brighter, healthier future. Ask folks who've been there, people who have rediscovered their inherent worth and potential. In the serene surroundings of Tampa, Riverside is a peaceful retreat of tranquility conducive to self-reflection and healing. Riverside Recovery believes that the journey to recovery is not just about overcoming challenges, but also about discovering your own inner strength and resilience. The dedicated staff at Riverside Recovery are your compassionate companions on the road to recovery. And they recognize that true healing encompasses the mind, body, and spirit, all while comfortably addressing the many aspects of addiction. For those seeking a sanctuary of recovery in Tampa, Riverside Recovery is a place where the river of hope flows steadily, nurturing the roots of lasting change and revitalization. You can learn more at rrtampa.com. That's rrtampa.com. Or call 1-800-871-5440. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Call 800-281-7048. 800-281-7048. That's 800-281-7048. It's Reboot Your Life. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 855-525-7448. 855-525-7448. 7448 That's 855-525-7448. Life 2.0. It's your life and your reboot. It's Reboot Your Life with Carrie Harrison and Ashley Neal. Carrie Harris with you along with Riverside Recovery's Ashley Neal. And welcome back to Reboot Your Life, a new series of life upgrade shows with solutions and life hacks, evidence and science-based looks into addiction, into psychology, personal growth and self-esteem. All this, of course, brought to you as a service of Riverside Recovery. Reboot Your Life is devoted to you and you becoming the best version of yourself. It's Reboot Your Life. Here's the question. What if there was nothing wrong with you or me or any of us? Seems impossible, right? A radical idea that goes against the past hundred years of psychotherapy. But thanks to a Canadian researcher and therapist, the emergence of what is called the Internal Family Systems, or IFS model, is now seeing the human psyche as a habitat where diverse inner people, analogous to microbial communities in the gut, where they all coexist. Uh, these inner citizens can engage in conflict, uh, mutual injury, but there is a self that can offer stewardship and guidance, accepting disparate parts and dispelling, even removing self-disapproval, 
for inconsistencies or inner conflicts that we have with ourselves. Seems impossible, but it is being done and it's being done successfully. Parts within our inner system, such as protectors, as they're called, think of these as your sort of internal managers and firefighters, along with your exiles, which might be the areas in which you notice your own neuroses and anxieties and and blocks, each play specific roles. And managers control daily life and prevent vulnerable exiles from emerging. I think you're getting where I'm going with this. While firefighters respond when exiles are triggered, aiming to discomfort or distract. So your inner exiles bear distressing feelings and beliefs, usually originating from childhood events. As they say, if it's hysterical, it's historical. And the goal is to release these burdens, seeking attention through habitual self-criticisms or the protective behaviors of other parts. And that's sort of how we cope. Well, with me is Derek Scott, founder of Internal Family Systems Canada, dedicated to teaching the expanded model as taught to him by its longtime originator, Dr. Schwartz. And this revolutionary new mental health field is now the emerging mental health paradigm. With 35, experience, uh, 35 years experience and intensive uh, uh Experience also as a social worker, Derek Scott has published numerous articles and journals, as well as contributing to chapters of textbooks and dealing with therapeutic methods and practice. Derek Scott, I want to welcome you to Rethinking Heroes. Thanks, Gary. I heard all of it. One of the problems with, excuse me, one of the problems with a therapist is really good with people, not so good with tech. So my apologies (laughs) for that. (laughs) Well, we're here to help and we sure know how to take a break. All right. (laughs) <laughs> We're done with that. We are back. We're talking to Derek Scott. Let, let's talk about the these internal systems and how the analogy of symbiotic relationships and inner people trapped inside of us, each with different personalities and functions, all coexisting at the same time doing battle, how that explains the complexity of our inner world. Sure. Well, they're not necessarily trapped. And some of them may be doing battle, but not all of them. So let me let me speak a little bit to that. You know, if I were to say to you, Carrie, if we were friends, I might say, hey, do you want to go for lunch on Friday? And you might say, eh, Derek, part of me does, part of me doesn't, right? We talk about the different parts of us all the time. You watch movies, you watch TV shows, a character will say, part of me didn't like that. We do it all the time. So what this model of understanding the personality is about is its founder, Dick Schwartz, uh, started listening to his clients, and they would say, a part of me, and I said, oh, um, what happens if we get curious about that part of you? So if you said to me, part of me wants to go for lunch, part of me doesn't, I might say, Carrie, the party that wants to go for lunch with me, how come? You might say, you know, I, I want to hang out with you, get to know you better. And the party that doesn't want to go for lunch with me, oh, I like to keep my Fridays free. Right? So we do this all the time. What the, the gift of Dick Schwartz's work is that he's recognized that this is uh, how the personality is. It operates as a system. And these different parts of us exist independently, and they all have different roles. Now, you've got loads of parts. You might say there's a party that likes cooking, there's a party that likes booking your dogs, there's a party that likes going to yoga, whatever. And science fiction. Let's not leave that out. Right, of course. Hello. Where would we be without Dune? So therapeutically, what happens is uh, some parts of us, when we're kids usually, We're not wired, for example, to uh, experience shame, right? Shame is really difficult for our systems to experience because we're meant to be nurtured, right? We're mammals. Look at any mammalian species. No mammalian species harms its young, except us, right? So one of the ways we harm our young is by shaming kids. It's been going on for generations. It's passed down through the family. Why do we shame our kids? It's a very effective form of behavior control. Why? You'll do anything to avoid it. It's a horrible, horrible feeling that there's something wrong with me, that I'm unlovable, that I don't belong, that I shouldn't have been born. Right? That's how shame can present. And so what happens when we're shamed, when we're little, we don't know how to deal with it. So a part of that system steps forward. If you like, it takes the hit. And that part takes on those beliefs. There's something wrong with me. I'm unlovable. My parents don't love me because there's something wrong with me 
that gets pushed to a corner of the psyche. That's what we call an exile, holding all that pain. It's Reboot Your Life. Derek Scott, many of us in recovery are familiar with inner child workshops, and we can all relate to the sense that there are other parts of us governing us for better or for worse. What you folks are doing up in Canada and Europe sounds like it's next level stuff. Can you give an example of how we might observe one of these situations unfolding real time? What you notice, what you want to look for is if you're having a big reaction to something, right? So let's say, I don't know, let's say um, uh, I go to the coffee shop, I spill my coffee and the barista looks at me and rolls their eyes, right? And a part of me just wants to rip their face off, right? So that's a big reaction, right? Maybe not in the United States, but in Canada, that's a big reaction, right? So we'd look for, okay, that party, they just got so angry, right? How come it got so angry? We get curious. But internally, I ask that part of me, or I'll get my client to ask that part of them, can you get curious about what's going on? That angry part will let you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. They have no right to do that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. And... Is there a part that you're protective of? That's why we know it's a protective part, right? And it will say, if you ask it genuinely, yeah, yeah. There's a part of me that felt really shamed by that barista. Oh, could we get to know that one? We get to know that one. We track it back. How long have you felt that shame? How long have you been in the system holding this position? It'll track back to being five, six, three years old. And it's been shamed. And so this external event is how it gets our attention. And the protector shoots up real fast, right? Because the protector doesn't want us to get shamed again. We're talking right now to Derek Scott. He's the founder of Internal Family Systems of Canada, dedicated to teaching the expanded model as taught to him by its longtime originator, Dick Schwartz. This revolutionary new mental health field is now the emerging mental health paradigm. 35 years experience, intensive experience as a social worker. Derek Scott's published numerous articles and journals, as well as contributing to chapters of textbooks dealing with therapeutic methods and practice. And Derek Scott, uh, full disclosure, I did this with you because I wouldn't bring somebody on and reveal uh, a paradigm unless I knew about it or knew that it was real. It's real. Uh, you you know, met these parts of me that I actually did not know they were there. They were acting out to use childlike language, but it's, it is childlike, isn't it? At least in my it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, really, we've got a whole bunch of kids in there been running the show since you were like five, six, seven years old. And then you look at the state of the world and you've got like, you know, angry kids acting out or kids that are like worried that you're going to steal their candy. Right. And a lot of the distress we see in the world, it comes from this. Right. And there's a lot of, you know, that you've heard people say for years, oh, you just need to love yourself more. Right. Well, that becomes another should. However, with the IFS understanding, that's exactly what we can do, because every single part of us, Carrie, has a positive intent. That's why there's nothing wrong with us, right? Well, that's that's a powerful statement because a lot of people are convinced there's something wrong with them. Certainly, they've been told for that's decades right. there's something that's wrong right. with you, including by their therapists not practicing yep. this particular discipline. So they're right. convinced it must be true. They've even been fired from jobs. There's something wrong with me. But there's just, there's just parts that are maybe working against each other that can get unstuck. Yeah. So what you've got is if you've got an extreme distress in the system apart holding pain, you're going to have extreme protectors. Right. So if your boss shames you and you tell them to go away in very extreme language, uh, chances are you're going to get fired on the way home from being fired. Another party is going to beat you up for losing control, for, you know, being not right. being able to control, blah, blah, blah. So those are what we call polarized parts, right? The managers want us to look good. But that firefighter shoots up when we get um, shamed. Right? And that, that's where the tension can happen in the psyche. But if you ask them, those parts that are fighting with each other, they both have a positive intent. They're both trying to protect us. Up to and including, and this might sound bizarre, suicidal parts. Terminate your well, reality. You can't take it anymore. If the reality is pain, if reality means living with so much pain, then the suicidal part of us will say, okay, we've tried the MDR, we've tried the ayahuasca retreats, we've tried CBT therapy, we've tried um, being in recovery and then falling off the wagon. I mean, we tried, we have nothing, nothing's worked. At the end of the day, life seems to be about being in pain or temporary 
uh, avoidance of it, that's not much of a life. And so the suicidal part wants to end the pain. Now, if I'm working with a suicidal part, I'll say, hey, could you give me three sessions to see if we can shift that relationship to the pain? And then I'll get the clients, what we call self-energy online, the curiosity, their compassion, listening to the part of them that's in pain. And here's the gift of this work. When a part holding pain is fully witnessed by the individual with compassion, which is all it needed at the time it took on the pain, it can release that pain. If pain is taken on, if emotional pain is taken on, shame, for example, it can be released. It's not innate. And that results in the system being much more peaceful, being much more harmonious, and no longer being vulnerable to shame. We're both gay men, right? So we were raised to be told that we were deviants and perverts and all the rest of it by the wonderful broader culture that we live in and how welcoming <laughs> it is of everybody's diverse reality, right? So some part of us may have taken that on. Now that makes us vulnerable to homophobic comments because, sure. oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm 12 years old and I like Timmy. I've got to be disgusting, right? So, but if I listen in to my 12-year-old partner and say, hey, sweetie, that's just how you love. That's just how you love, and love is never bad or wrong. It's beautiful, right? Then it can go, really? And I'm like, yeah, really? So I don't need to hold that anymore? No, you don't. You can release that. We'll invite it to release it, typically to one of the elements or the light. doesn't really matter. Then we invite that part to take in what's true for it. And what's true for my 12-year-old boy is he loves he loves boys, he loves men, he loves girls, not particularly sexually, right? But he loves their company. He just loves, he loves dogs, he loves his mom, he loves his dad, the beautiful little boy, and he now knows that. He's released the false beliefs that there's something wrong with him. And it's the most beautiful way of healing. It results in inner peace. It's a methodology for loving yourself more instead of just an idea. And when we live with more peace inside, we're more likely to be kind to our neighbors. Hang on, your reboot reboots in a moment. Are you familiar with Riverside Recovery of Tampa? Well, they offer a profound, all-embracing approach to addiction treatment. With a dedicated team of empathetic professionals, Riverside Recovery is committed to guiding individuals on their path to enduring recovery, using a variety of science-backed therapies, counseling, and support services. Riverside Recovery values the individuality of every recovery journey. Their tailored treatment plans respond to the specific needs, the hurdles, and goals of each resident, providing effective aid regardless of whether you're taking your first steps in recovery or maintaining your progress. With Riverside, recovery isn't just achievable, it's an influential journey towards a healthier, brighter future. The testimonials of those who've undergone treatment there are evidence of rediscovered self-worth and potential. Located on the tranquil Hillsborough River of Tampa, Riverside serves as a peaceful haven promoting self-discovery and healing. They acknowledge that recovery is about more than just overcoming difficulties. It's also about finding your innate strength and resilience. The Riverside Recovery's committed team are your empathic allies in your recovery journey. They comprehend that genuine healing involves the mind, body, and spirit, meticulously dealing with all facets of addiction. Riverside Recovery is your haven, providing a continuous stream of hope, nourishing the seeds of long-standing change and rejuvenation. Discover more at rrtampa.com or reach out at 800-871-5440. It's Reboot Your Life. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Call 800-281-7048. 800-281-7048. That's 800-281-7048. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man-age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month. Level for the next 10 years. Or a man-age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right. Level rates for 20 years. And if you're
you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 855-525-7448. That's 855-525-7448. Life 2.0. It's your life and your reboot. It's Reboot Your Life with Carrie Harrison and Ashley Neal. Carrie Harrison with you along with Riverside Recoveries, Ashley Neal. And thanks for listening to Reboot Your Life, where we help you get back your life. Drugs and alcohol might be getting in the way of you having a decent life. Or maybe someone you know or love is dealing with this issue. Well, we take it straight on, providing solutions, even treatment or rehab solutions, to make things easy and doable. We are talking to Derek Scott, founder of Internal Family Systems Canada, dedicated to teaching the expanded model, as taught to him by its longtime originator, Dr. Schwartz. And this revolutionary new model, Health Field, is now the emerging mental health paradigm across much of Canada and Europe. With 35 years intensive experience also as a social worker, Derek Scott has published numerous articles and journals as well as contributing to chapters of textbooks and dealing with therapeutic methods and practice. We have so much going on right now, so much conflict. We look ahead and it looks, it looks like we're going to have a pretty hard time in the next few decades. And if we don't evolve, if we don't begin to manifest more compassion with ourselves, with our parts and with others, we're going to have a very hard time. Right? And it's the difference between, you know, if I've got a climate um, refugee coming into Canada, I might go, well, you know, uh, it's your fault. I, I, I don't live where you live. I've just got to hold on to my food for myself. Right? Because I'm, I'm frightened and there's a scarcity part going on in here. If I could work that out, I'm more likely to say, I can be a little bit hungry because I've got this over bread so that you can live. Okay, Carrie, so there was a part doing the behavior. There's a part judging it. Right? Notice both of them. Would it be okay with the one judging it to find out how come it did that behavior? Right? So let's say you were at a party last night and you uh, made a bit of a fool of yourself. I don't know, you danced on the table or something, right? And then the next day, so oh, I can't believe I did that. How come that part danced on the table, right? Well, um, it was wanting to get some attention. Oh, how come it was doing that? Well, because I have a socially anxious part that doesn't know what to do. <laughs> so that one jumped in and figured dancing on the table might be a good idea. Oh, okay. Could we get to know the socially anxious part that it was protecting, right? And then socially anxious parts, you, I don't know if you've ever watched kids being dropped off the first day of school. It's a perfect environment for social anxiety. <laughs> what did I say to my kid when I dropped her off? Go and play. She looks around. There's these other five-year-olds. There's one kid's licking another kid's face, right? Another kid's doing some <laughs> weird stuff. And she's never been in an environment with 30 strange people before, right? Go and play. What a ridiculous thing to say to her. No wonder we get socially anxious and you can track it back to those kind of environments, right? So it's uh, to to make a, a a summary assessment here, and I'm just pulling this out of thin air. But if I view myself as a broken plate, then I'm going to act like a broken plate because that's what I believe. Uh, yeah. but, but I can learn that maybe there might be parts that could fit better, but really, it's just a plate. Well, there's a part of you that believes it's a broken plate. We want to get yeah. to know where it picked up that belief because it's not true. But where did it pick up that belief? That's what we want to find out. And then we can help it to release that belief because it's been taken on. It can be released. It's not innate. We are not born broken plates. You would never look at a baby and say, yeah, that one looks broken. I mean, it's ridiculous. So if somewhere along that baby's lifeline, we look at it and say it's broken or it believes it's broken, where did that baby pick that up? Because it ain't true. If it's not true for the baby, it's not true for the grown-up. So, so that belief got taken on somewhere. One way to look at this work is the different parts of us that require compassion. If you've got a Christian framework, you could say, how would Jesus respond to those parts of you? With love and with compassion. Can you respond to those parts of you with love and with compassion? Because, because that's what's at your core that compassionate, loving being. And when you bring that to the parts of you that are in distress, you can facilitate the healing. And why would you not do that? Now that we know we can do that, but first we have to understand, as Dick Schwartz brought us this understanding, we have a bunch of parts, 
And at our core, we have what we call self, which is that compassionate, courageous, kind, loving, calm, peaceful center. I'll give you a quick example of it in case there are folks going, no, no, you don't know me. I've done, you know, I'm a terrible person. Um, if you were to see, Carrie, if you leave your apartment today, step outside, you look a little way down the um, sidewalk, and then you see the kid, maybe, maybe eight years old, head in hands, sobbing. You look around, there's no other kids around. You look around, there's no other adults around. What was your impulse? I'd approach the the kid and say, what's what's wrong? And offer comfort. It's just a natural instinct, I think. So that's what we're talking about. That's what's at your core. That natural, compassionate, there's a vulnerable being, let me help you. That's what, what's at the core of all of us. No matter what's happened, no matter the trauma, that remains at our core. We don't have to learn that by being nurtured by good parents. It exists within all of us. And that's also the, the aspect of our being that can provide the healing to the parts of us that carry the distress. That's what I'm talking about. It's that simple. Well, what a great way to end. I want to thank you so much, Derek Scott, for joining us today on Rethinking Heroes. Uh, the origin of this show is really to deal, uh, to help veterans and other people afflicted uh, in a world that's spinning out of control. And this is such an ameliorative fix and an option that many of us did not know about. I'm going to give out your YouTube channel again. It's just YouTube. Just Derek, D-E-R-E-K, Scott, S-C-O-T-T, D-E-R-E-K, S-C-O-T-T on YouTube. His website is I-F-S-C-A dot C-A. And thanks for listening to Reboot Your Life, where we help you get back your life. Are drugs and alcohol getting in the way of you having a decent life? Or maybe someone you know or love is dealing with this issue. We take it straight on, provide solutions, even treatment or rehab solutions to make things easy and doable. Tolerance towards alcohol or drugs may be another warning sign of a substance use problem. Over time, individuals may need more of the substance to achieve the same effects, which can lead to dangerous physical and mental health consequences. Lastly, prolonged substance use can lead to withdrawal symptoms such as headaches, trembling, and nausea when the individual stops using the substance. This is a clear indication that professional treatment may be necessary. Recognizing these signs is the first step towards seeking help. It's important to remember that reaching out for assistance is not a sign of weakness, but a courageous step towards wellness. If you or a loved one are exhibiting any of these signs, consider seeking out professional help. Remember, if you are dealing with these issues, you are not alone. Millions are fighting the same battle, and there are countless resources and professionals whose sole mission is to help you recover and thrive. There is always aid, there is always hope, and there is always a choice to recover. This is a conversation that we certainly need to keep having because understanding why someone might need treatment for drug and alcohol issues is the first step in the right direction. And remember, it's never too late to seek help. This is why Riverside Recovery of Tampa is proud to put real solutions into the community and share many of the discoveries and successes as part of its education initiative. Positive community impact is the name of the game. Determining if you or a loved one might need help can be a crucial first step on the path to recovery. Remember, you are not alone and treatment is available. And thanks for listening to Reboot Your Life. Where Introducing the Reboot Your Life hotline. We've set up a dedicated phone number so that you can leave your comments, questions, or even a piece of your own life story whenever you feel like it. Feedback matters, and we know you may have something you want to get off your chest. You can call or text our Reboot Your Life hotline at 737-808-CHAT. That's 737-808-CHAT or 737-808-2428. 737-808-2428-737-808-CHAT. It's Reboot Your Life. Learn more at rrtampa.com. Reboot Your Life today.